Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 105 in Edmonton on a game night. Last regular season matchup for the Edmonton Oilers. They take on the Vancouver Canucks, who they're 3-0 against this season. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisettel will not play. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Exciting live thoroughbred racing starts tomorrow out at Century Mile. Post time is 3.45. Japanese Village open to serve you at any one of their five Edmonton and area locations. Try the legendary Wagyu Steak. Cooked right before your eyes. Reserve now at jvedmonton.ca. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. We will tell you that we will get to some of your texts coming up at 135 on today's show. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. And you can reach us on the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. Same number, 780-496-0063. The River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. The excitement is picking up. For the uh, Edmonton Oilers, the playoffs start on Monday. This text comes in from Epstein's mother. He says, what, stuff? No comment at all about the NFL draft? Only two Alabama players going in the first round? Huh. What can you say? Did Georgia really have five guys from their defense end up in the first round of the NFL draft? Wow. Now that's something. Without further ado, the Minister of Defense for the NDP when they were running the uh, part. No, I'm just kidding. Not at all. Uh, he's quite centrist. Is I don't know what he is, actually. I've never really had a lot of political discussion with Mark Spector. Usually I wanted to strangle him before we even got to that. But we welcome back to the show. Uh... A long-time running mate, back to the days of total sports on another station on another time. We welcome back Sportsnet Spec for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? No, doing okay. Bobby, what do you think? They're sitting a couple of the big guns tonight. I'm, uh, you know what? I'm not so surprised. I think it's probably the wise move. What do you think? Uh, I understand why. I mean, you, you know what? Like I, do, you think if, do you think if Jonathan Huberto played last night and got five points? and was going to play tonight and was only three points behind Connor in the scoring race. Do you think there's a chance Connor would have played? Yeah, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, I, that's I, not going to happen. He's got the Art Ross sewed up. Uh, right. You know, the only milestone of any description is 125 points. He'll finish the season with 123, which Leon at 55, 55, 110, a nice yeah. couple of round numbers there. Uh, there's nothing. He's not catching Austin Matthews, so I think it's very it's smart. For 60 goals, yes. Right. Yeah, no, 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 Jimmy. He's, you're going to put him out and tell him have a five-goal night. So I think it's smart. They're your best two players, and uh, sit him out. They're sitting Mike Smith, I see, for these last couple. He's played well enough. He doesn't need to play. So uh, this is a team in playoff mode, Bobby. In playoff mode, Mark. So I'm going to take you back to February 10th. The Edmonton Oilers announced the coaching change. Dave Tippett uh, relieved of his duties. Now, you did right at that time. Uh, a couple of weeks before that, you didn't think the coaching change was the answer. I'm going to be the first to admit. I remember we got a call from Stoney when the Edmonton Oilers were 16 and 7, and he said they needed to fire Dave Tippett at that time. 
I'm like the team 16 and 7. Really? Uh, then the team went on a nasty 2-11 and 2 run, followed up by a 5-0 run run, followed by two losses. I, I mean, Mark, I'm the one that said at the start of the year the Oilers would finish with 100 points or more. Well, they're at 102. I just didn't think it cost the coach's job. So, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. I thought this team was capable of that. Um, and so I guess the question I have for you is when the coaching change was made and Jay Woodcroft was brought up, the Oilers were six points out of a playoff spot. Now, in fairness, they had some games in hand because their team got shut down for, you know, a week and a half. So they had some games in hand, but they there were five teams. I think they were fifth or sixth in the Pacific Division at the, that time. Did you think we'd be in the position where they could afford the luxury of not playing McDavid and Drysaddle for the last regular season game because they've got home ice advantage for the opening round of the playoffs and that they've obviously made the playoffs? Did you think that was feasible back on February the 10th? Well, I don't think we were so far out of it that, that I would have said there's absolutely no chance. It, it turns out their last two games, Bob, were meaningless games. Excuse me, it's just something in my throat. Um, I would say that, uh, listen, full disclosure, I didn't think that this organization should fire another coach either. And I was, turned out that I was dead wrong. Uh, this is one of those stories in sports, Bob. This is a, you know, does does Ken Holland fire Dave Tippett if he doesn't have Jay Woodcroft sitting down there on the farm that's been interviewing for, you know, or the, trying to get interviews for National Hockey League jobs last summer, didn't get any, uh, and looks like a guy that's going to get some this summer. Maybe, maybe if he doesn't have the right guy on the farm, he hangs on to Dave Tippett. Yeah. You know, maybe, he, I mean, who knows how these things go. He's well, never I mean, Mark, season before. Mark, here's here's what we'll do. I'll fill for 25 seconds. Give yourself a shot of water, okay? Because I can hear right. stress, <laughs> stress in your voice. And I don't want to talk too much. But what I would say, uh, a couple things here. Number one, the Oilers' options were to bring in another veteran experienced coach. Some people said, well, what about Mike Babcock? That guy was a pretty good coach until he wasn't in Toronto. Uh, and I would argue that some of the stuff that's been directed Mike's way has been a tad excessive. And maybe he brought some of upon himself. So the external candidate with experience might have been a guy like Mike Babcock. There would have been an internal candidate that has been twice an NHL head coach. And that is Glenn Gullitson. The Oilers elected to go with the guy that had been percolating on the farm and was growing organically. That's Jay Woodcroft. So again, you could have gone to a Babcock. You could have gone to Gullitson. Instead, they brought up the combination of Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. And suddenly, Ken Holland, you know, you know, he, he percolates the guy on the farm as a coach. His goaltender gets healthy in Mike Smith. He, may, he makes an ad with a guy like Brett Kulak that gives the defense some more depth, which is looking pretty good right now. He made some bets on players like Keith um, and Hyman. I mean, Hyman's got 27 goals. Keith plus 15. For the life of me, Mark, I never understood why they didn't play Keith and Bouchard. That, that was the thing with Dave Tippett and Jim Playfair. I never understood why they had those guys, why they didn't play those two guys together. It was such an automatic to me. Uh, but anyways, so Ken Holland's body of work here looks completely different today than it does back on February 10th. And the irony is the Oilers are sitting at 48 wins and 102 points, and there's a lot of people that think they're the sleeper team out of the Western Conference. Everybody's going to be focused on Colorado and Calgary but why not Edmonton? Yeah, 
yeah, if I'm picking a sleeper team, I'm picking Edmonton out of the West. That's fair. I'm not picking them as a favorite team. I'm not, you know, if the Battle of Alberta started tomorrow, I'm here to tell you I'd pick the Calgary Flames. Uh, I think that at this point, you have to. Let's see what happens after one round, right? Maybe we'll change our mind with all the orders play against L.A. Uh, well, the issue, I think, today, Bob, is GMs and I mean all of us. We we everyone gets judged the the minute the news comes out of someone's mouth. They sign Keith and people love or hate that signing before the guys played a game and they hang on to that opinion no matter what happens on the ice. Uh, what we've seen with Ken Holland is a bunch of decisions that are all not all but mostly coming together pretty well here. You know every, the the Evander Kane signing. There's a lot. There's two sides to that signing when he made it. Well, there's only one side to it now, right? It's an absolutely fantastic acquisition for the Edmonton Full stop. You know, Zach Hyman, some people said, oh, it's too long and it's too this and it's too that. Well, right now and in this playoff year, he's a good player. He's only 28 years, 28 years old, Bob? 29. 29. Yeah. 29 years old. The way he plays, there's several good years left in this guy. He had a career season here. Duncan Keith has been a, a very good second-pairing defenseman here all long, all year long. Sure, you could uh, take a 1.75 off his salary. That would make him even better. But listen, not everyone's perfect. Bouchard's playing next to him for mighty cheap uh, and becoming better for playing with number two. So I guess I'd say this, Bob. Uh, we're all paid to make have opinions on the first day after something happens. But sometimes you got to wait a while till it really fleshes out. This Oilers team doesn't look so bad to me right now, the one that Ken Allen built. It is 114 in Edmonton. Sportsnet spec Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Exciting live Thurbit racing returning to Century Mile tomorrow at 345. All right, Mark, depth, scoring depth by all metrics. What guy had a couple out today? Uh, Oilers top five under Woodcroft in terms of 5e5. And, and let's take it one step further. 55 for Drysaddle, 44 for McDavid. All right, 27 goals for Hyman, 20 for Yamamoto. Kane has 22. So that's five 20-goal scores, and Kane has 22 in 42 games. So he's really a guy that's 35 to 40-goal score. But there's more. Nugent Hopkins, double-digit goals. You know, hasn't been a power play goal scorer, but he's got 11. Fogel, as a third-liner, has 12. Ryan has 10. Uh, you see where I'm going here with this, right? When you have enough of those guys, Paul Yarby's at 14 goals. We're all hoping, he, you know, if you're an Oilers fan, you're hoping that he can get hot here at some point. Even Ryan McLeod has nine. Ryan McLeod did not have a power play goal in the minors in 91 games. He's got two power play goals this year in the second power play unit, which never plays. The Oilers have a different degree of depth this year going to the playoffs. Do they not, Mark, than last year when they took on Winnipeg? Absolutely. Right. The defense is scoring more too. You know, they get a lot more production from the back end. So yeah, they're a way deeper team, Bob. Their points are coming from different places. I think if you you know, the Winnipeg Jets did a pretty good job on on McDavid and Dryside last year and that was their recipe for success. Right? There was three there was what? Uh three overtime games, was there not in that series? Yes. And Winnipeg Edmonton just never, you know, if, McDa- if McDavid and Dreisaitl didn't get that big goal for him, nobody else did. Well, I'm looking at this team now with Kane. I'm looking at Hyman scores the overtime goal last night. Hopkins is playing pretty well. They're def- you know, Bouchard's bombing them. I like the chances of getting that goal. 
a lot better. And you know how it works defensively. If you know if there's more targets out there, it's more difficult for the LA Kings to just focus on 97 and, and 29. So they're a deeper team for sure. That's what cost them the. We all agreed, Bob. It wasn't goaltending. Uh, you know, I don't think it was other than the one bad game. It wasn't overall defensive play. Uh, you know, they didn't score enough goals because they didn't get enough depth scoring in that Winnipeg series. And that is an itch. I think you can look at this lineup and you can say that Ken Holland scratched that itch. Well, Mark, I'm going to take it one step further. Just just to illustrate the point, all right? Game four against Winnipeg, that is a game that went into three overtime periods before Kyle Connor ended it on that long stretch pass after, uh, you know. But in that game, all right, so just, just looking at the forwards here. Dry Saddle played 44 minutes. Okay, uh, McDavid played 45 minutes. Nugent Hopkins played 39. Yamamoto played 35. So there's four guys that played in the top six. Pulyarvi played 23. Shore played 24. McLeod played 940. See where I'm going with this? Kara played 1051. Uh, Cassian and Haas. And Ennis played uh, 22 to 28 minutes. And Chason played 9.28. They are way deeper up front. Like, if I recall correctly, I mean, we're, I'm looking at this right now. Devin Shore played third-line minutes in that game. Yeah. Devin Shore may not be in the Oilers lineup. Yeah, may not play. He might be the 13th forward to start the series against L.A. He was mm-hmm. centering. He was centering their third line in that game. Well, and the other thing that Woodcroft's done is is his depth guys are better, but he's employed them more. You know, you'll remember that game. Tippett sawed off his bench early in overtime, thinking, look, it's overtime's only going to last so long. I get it. I'm not even really criticizing him for it. But the, the only the downside to that thing is that coaching plan is if you ever get in an overtime that goes deep, you know deep into a second third overtime you're screwed because you got a bunch of guys sitting on the bench that haven't played and that's what happened to Tippett. he he gambled on a shorter overtime with his best players and he didn't get it and then he ended up having a bunch of guys that, that were too tired and a bunch of guys he didn't want to play i think the one thing that you know you just had to listen to were you in there when Derek ryan spoke yesterday yes what'd you think Derek- of that yeah, Derek Ryan, listen, when Dave Tippett was here, Derek Ryan wasn't a Tippett fan. You could tell by talking to him. He said to us, "How you know? I don't know how you're supposed to play when you get 12 minutes a night. I don't know how you're supposed to be a successful player when you're used that little. And that was a direct shot across Tippett's bow. And, you know, like it or you know, agree or don't agree, the one thing that Woodcross done differently is he has engaged, you know, even if he's only using 11 forwards, he engages all 11 of them. Engages all yeah. seven defensemen. He doesn't have guys. Well, I, th- I think seven Derek, minutes, eight minutes. I think Derek Ryan in a perfect world does only play twelve minutes. But the reality of the situation is he started as the three C because McLeod had a tough camp, and 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 was fine for about the first four or five games. And then that line with him and Cassian got caved in for a stretch. Remember, at one point, Derek Ryan was minus fourteen this season. Like he's dash three. And I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to circle back to this. Gaetan Haas, Tyler Ennis, uh, both playing 22 minutes. Cassian was on, I'm looking at it right now, was on a line with Nugent Hopkins. So Cassian played 28 minutes. He's going to be on the order's fourth line. 
Well, that's where he should play. Right. He's a fourth line right winger. Right. He's so they're they're a, they're just way deeper. And to further illustrate your point, and Mark, we brought this up on Tuesday talking about the MVP after we had a, a, a seven up in Pittsburgh together. Like Jay Woodcroft has not gone to McDavid and Drysaddle a lot. They've only played this season twenty five percent of their time five e five, and for the most part, for the most part, for those two guys. Since Woodcroft's been here, they've almost exclusively centered their own lines. Like occasionally with Tippett, he would circle back to put Connor and Leon together for a couple games during at the start of the year. That has not been the modus operandi for Jay Woodcroft. Well, one of the, you know why? One of the big reasons is because they haven't been behind very much, <laughs> right? Like tip, it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, you get behind and you start playing those guys together, and you're not as good a team when those guys are playing together. We all we've all agreed on that. Where it's a better team here when your three centermen are McDavid, Drysdale, and Nugent Hopkins. So, and you didn't have you didn't have Hyman and Kane, and now you do. And now you do, right? Now you do, and and you know what? I would say to you that in the playoffs, if it's a two-one game with 14 minutes to play, Jay Woodcroft's going to go to a, a few shifts with Drysdale and McDavid on the same line. But since he got here, he hasn't had that uh, situation very often, has he? Because they've been way better. You know what? They play like Bakersfield plays. Cactus Jack is Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, way more depth, way better deployment, night and day on both categories. But they're better early in games, so they're not chasing games, right? I mean, you nailed it. That's part of the reason why they had to put those guys together is because they were chasing. They're way better earlier in games. Way better earlier in games. Koskinen, the old, old, you know, shield your eyes for the first three shots on Miko Koskinen. That's where we had a we had a bit of that. Don't forget, we had a bit of that last night. I mean, those first two goals against he cops. Well, Gregor walks in from fifteen feet. He caught the puck up. He like him and well, that's that's different. Sure, he coughed the puck. Miko's not a puck handler, right? Right. He's not. But my point would be the goal that went past him was a you know Gregor's goal was a good goal. The next goal, Bouchard kicked in his own net. I never blame a goalie on a goal that goes in off a defenseman's skate in his crease, Bobby. So. You know, I'm just saying the early goals have gone by the wayside, partly because the team's playing better, and partly because the goaltending's been better. And you're not down one nothing every night. It's a hell of a change around here. Final question, Mark, and we'll have you on the show obviously on Tuesday. In between, well, we assume game one and game two. There's a, some things that need to be finalized. Television plays a factor in this as well. Here we go. We know it's Edmonton in LA. Make the prediction in the series. What do you see happen? Well, I gotta pick the orders. You know, I I picked the orders to beat Winnipeg and was wrong. But this is a much better orders team. I think they'll win. I think they'll win in um oh, I don't know, Bob. Six is always a cop out, it's easy to say six. Yeah. I always like I, I think, think if you're I if think you're really sure of something you should say five. So uh I'll say orders in five. I know a guy once spec who said Detroit in three. Do you know that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, you'll never forget that. How come you never you remember the series I got right? <laughs> I'm still waiting for that to happen. Anyhow, I digress. Mark, we'll see you at the rink tonight. 
All right, Bobby. That is Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. This text comes in from Keith. He says, Bob, I told you after the Chicago series, we were out coached. I said the same thing after Winnipeg. I wasn't calling, says Keith. Is this Keith? Actually, I don't even know. Who, uh, yeah, it is Keith. Uh, I wasn't calling for Tippett to be fired. I uh, expected him to adjust. Layoff relying so much on the top line and getting more technical in his approach. He didn't. Woodcroft is a detail guy and good on Holland for knowing what needed to happen. Uh, and Bob, excuse me, regarding the first goal against, yes, Costin should not uh, not have played the puck. However, the D-man turned away too early as well. Miscommunication. That D-man was a rookie, Philip Roberg, who hadn't played in the NHL in months. was just coming off an injury. We'll take a timeout. It's 124. We're going to bang off some more text, get to some other aspects of Oilers now when we return. Brennan, you're rocking this. These guys are from your home province, aren't they? Yes, sir. Who is this again? Loverboy. I know who it is. Come on. <laughs> Mike Reno and Ann Wilson. Everybody knows that love song from Footloose back in the mid-80s. The v- I, I, I certainly know this. Uncle Milt does. He's a big fan of Loverboy. Uh, the vehicle pipeline is moving, and our friends at Brent Ridge Ford finally have a few units in stock and more on the way. Check with Uncle Milt. Johnny, Rich, and the gang to see if they've got the right vehicle for you. If not, they can still order one to the exact specifications that you need. But hurry, because their order bank is getting full. If you want to be treated fairly when you buy a vehicle and get outstanding service, call the staff at Brent Ridge Ford. 1-877-477-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. Um... You know, the Edmonton Oil Kings took care of business against Lethbridge, swept them in four straight. I believe the Oil Kings are waiting for the winner of the Brandon Red Deer Series, which is currently tied 2-2. I'm looking forward to seeing Mike Moeller, the uh, analyst uh, of the Rebels, uh, in the house tonight, former Edmonton Oiler. Uh, had a cup of coffee with the Oilers back in the day. Worked with Cam Moon for a number of years in the Rebels broadcast. Great guy. All right, we're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We'll have uh, this day in order's history in the uh, final half hour of the show, tell you about some things you can get involved with. And, yes, we will get to some of your texts on the Ashley Pine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers Now, and it is 1.30 in Edmonton. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.